Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. And today we're going to be talking all about how to get your foot in the door when you lack experience. So Mike, tell us a little bit why this topic is important. This topic is important for a few reasons. I think there are a couple of people, kinds of people that might find themselves in a position where they're either just starting out their career, they have no experience coming out of school, some sort of training, whatnot. And there's the possibility of someone who is making a career transition into a vertical where they don't have any previous experience. Maybe they have some transferable, translatable skills, but their resume doesn't indicate an obvious line of experience leading into hopefully an upcoming role. So I, I think that's an important topic for a lot of people. So it presents a lot of psychological barriers. And I think we'll kind of share some stories today around how some people overcome them and how they overcome this lack of experience block. Yeah, it can be so challenging. And like you said, whether you're starting out just your very first job ever, or whether you're, you have experience in something else and you want to transition, it's really kind of similar to you're not too old, you're not too young. It's all mm -hmm. about those mental blocks, right? Totally. Yeah, no, we're getting into the psychology of career development and realizing that like you can change. You will have to do some work of some sort to facilitate the change, but this is something that is within the grasp of anyone who wants it badly enough. That's certainly my belief. Yeah, agreed. Cool. The um, One of the stories that kind of comes to mind, and this is maybe a bit cheesy to start with a Hollywood reference, but the movie The Pursuit of Happiness came out in 2006, was a Will Smith movie, also featured his son, and is the story about, without trying to spoil it too much, the story of a salesperson who uh, is in and out of homelessness and tries to bring his career forward by getting this job as a stockbroker investment advisor for this Wall Street firm. And it's based on a true story, which is what's kind of really cool about that. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously a bit dramatized for the sake of creating a movie, but Will Smith's character ends up meeting someone who works in this firm, whose character name was Jay Twistle. Love that name. And <laughs> he basically creates a relationship with this guy shows a lot of willingness to want to be part of this. There's an internship program that the company offers and Jay gets Will Smith's character, Chris Gardner, a seat at the table and the rest is kind of history. I mean, the way it goes from there is a pretty dramatic story and I, I highly recommend the film. It's, it's both like challenging, hard to watch sometimes and really uplifting, mm -hmm. which is probably also a great sort of echo of a lot of people's lives when they're going through these tough transitions in their careers it can be that challenging true so if you're if you're stuck and you want to kind of start off on something that's like that kind of a story um, I highly recommend checking out that movie when you kind of look at how these transitions take place the magic word again is is relationship and I think the other magic word is kind of maybe there's two really creativity and, and effort so mm -hmm how do you really stand out and convince other people that you can do this job or deserve a shot at it? Mm -hmm. And just how badly do you really want it? That's Those are, to me, the main ingredients in this story. Yeah, I completely agree and can relate to that in a couple of my own stories. And I know that we're going to share a few stories. And I, I think that this episode will benefit from having this kind of storytelling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. flow. 
Yeah, totally. Something kind of uplifting and fun. Yeah. Like, we're gunning for that. I like it. Why don't we start with, um, you have a story from early on in your career. Do you want to kick off with that? Yeah. So I have two stories. I'm going to start with the second one just because I feel cool. like it kind of flows with the what we were just talking about in terms of relationships, creativity, and effort. Um, so my first finance job, I was looking for a job for close to five months. I was doing both. I was networking with people and I was also going out and sending out resumes every day. I was sending out at least three resumes a day. It was like a full-time job for me because I wasn't working otherwise. But the, the key point is that I had zero experience. So I was going into this finance role and it was difficult because they, everybody seemed to want anywhere from one year to 10 years experience, which I didn't have any. <laughs> so I used my relationships. I actually had a contact from university that I had kept in touch with. And uh, I had told him what I was looking for. And he said, well, I actually know somebody at this organization that you might want to talk to. So he put me in touch through email. I ended up getting an interview through that route. Uh, that interview went really well. And part of it too, they say, the hiring manager that eventually interviewed me said that the reason he gave me the job and to go back a little bit, this job was asking mm -hmm. for five to seven years experience. Wow. So going from zero to five to seven, like <laughs> they were looking for somebody experienced in this role and I didn't have it, but definitely in terms of the effort that I put in it, he said that the one thing that made him give me the job was that I showed a lot of heart, hmm. which is something that I've heard a number of times. And I think that it's, it can be a big differentiator. If you don't have experience to back it up, show that you want to be there, show that you can learn quickly, show that you will do anything it takes to be able to perform the job to the best of your ability. Yeah. And perform in a way that the employer can see themselves accepting if they accept you to come on board. Like your that story is, among other things, a really great sort of proof of the fact that the number on the job description in terms of years of experience is really just sort of like this rough, rough guess of what it takes to really be good Yeah. in that role. And sure, it maybe weeds out some people that are really, really unqualified. But if you feel like you have the ability to do the job and you don't have anywhere near the number of years of experience, that in itself should not stop you from applying. Absolutely. And the way that I, I look at it, it's like if you're going to buy a computer, you have a list of requirements that you're looking for when you're looking for that computer. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like a job description. You're not you're probably not going to find a computer that has exactly everything that you need or want, but you're going to get pretty close. Yep. And so yep. that's what a job description is where they if you have something that. So let's say your computer has a big screen and you're looking you like to watch videos on it that might overtake processing speed or I don't know. I'm not mm -hmm. a big, that was mm -hmm. a bad example because I'm not a huge computer person. Not but. a big computer geek. That's all good. <laughs> but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The point is that employers will compromise if they find that this person in our eyes that's shown up with maybe half the experience that we asked for still has other skills, other strengths that allows them to be competent in what we're asking them to do. And 
they're the best option that we have versus not hiring anyone at all. Uh, so that's, that's one of the big things to keep in mind, definitely. So just getting your foot in the door when you lack experience, that in itself doesn't have to be the big kind of specter that a lot of people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. The point about relationships. So let's kind of touch base again on that. Um, pretty much every story that I've heard about someone making a successful transition into a role where they had no previous experience does stem from some sort of relationship connection. It was true for me when I entered university um, and I wanted to continue to work in football. I'd been helping my high school football team out throughout my adolescence and I wanted to continue that. And I just walked into the head coach of my university football team's office one day, literally totally cold <laughs> and um, turned out that it was the night before the first game of the season. They'd already been in training camp for a couple of weeks, this team. And it was really, I was encouraged by a friend of mine in res who was on the team to go and do this. And I just walked in and I said, Hey, like my name is Mike. And I awkwardly asked the question, like, are you so-and-so when it actually said so-and-so's name on the outside of the door of the <laughs> outside of the office? And like, this is the only person in the office. There's only one desk. So it's like, I was a little, little goofy, but that was me at 17. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I got a funny look asking if, if you are the head coach, head coach. And uh, it was interesting. About a 20-minute conversation went by. I said, I'm really interested in helping out. Um, I had no real expectations about things like uh, money, uh, which is probably a good point for people to understand that sometimes you'll have to look for ways to get into positions where you might have to earn your salary for a little while by doing something for free or very cheap. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a couple more stories for that, but it, it led to that conversation led to another conversation with the guy who would become my boss basically in that situation. And years went by, I continued to carve out a role. Um, but it's all about just like ingenuity, ingenuity, creativity, showing a willingness to be there that can carry you so far if you take it to an extent that like really stands out and is <laughs> respectful too. I mean, you don't want to be too extreme in the way that you're getting people's attention, it can get dangerous. But <laughs> the whole point is that if you want it badly enough, you need to think about what are the best ways that I can use, what are the tools at my disposal to get people's attention? Yeah. And I love the idea of going in, just going in cold turkey and totally. starting up a conversation. People think that you can't do that anymore. And you know, sure, COVID, people may not be in their offices at this particular time, but there are other ways that you can connect with them if it's really what you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's no, we can still approach people on places like LinkedIn. We can still set up all kinds of, we could cold call someone literally. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the equivalent now. Um, but you have to kind of let go of that fear of, of rejection because when you're making this kind of a transition, you typically don't have anything to lose. Yeah, it's true. And what you said a little bit before too, around, you know, showing up, mm -hmm. you're, you just have to show up and show that you want what it is that you're there to get. And that, that really does have a big difference because you can have somebody with 10 years experience who doesn't want to be there and somebody with one or two years of experience or no experience who is super enthusiastic about it. And which one do you pick? Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I worked for a guy who at the top of an organization said, hire for 
and he'd been the head of schools for 30 years, he said, hire for talent and passion. Those are the two things. Everything else is trainable. Everything else in terms of skill, you can develop, uh, but go after the people that have a real energy for what they're doing and show some raw form of ability, even if it's just kind of really rough around the edges and need some work. I thought that Love was interesting. It. Yeah. yeah. Kind of the guiding principle of his hiring throughout his career. And that guy had hired a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's a story that I have from a friend of mine, also from the football world. And I don't know how many people in our dear listenership might know of the CFL, the Canadian Football League, and the fact that there are nine teams across Canada, and at one point there were only eight. So there was a team that was being started, expansion team in Ottawa. It was really the third time it had been created. And my buddy who I was coaching with at the time in sort of the junior college ranks of Quebec, he wanted to get into this organization in Ottawa. He was an Ottawa guy. He wanted to get into professional football. And again, kind of a nothing to lose situation here. The team was in the process of um, preparing for the league's expansion draft, which would populate its roster with players. So, I mean, literally this team did not exist at the time, really, as a a real team. Mm -hmm. And he went to drop a resume off in what was at that point their office, which was really, I think, a couple of portables, like two work portable buildings. That was it. They hadn't had their real facilities built yet. Their stadium was still being worked on. This, there, there was nothing in this organization that was really in place yet. And just by chance, he walked in on, on a given day and the general manager of the team was on his way out the door uh, for about a month. He was going on a U.S. scouting trip. And so he handed the resume off directly to him, which was fantastic timing. Sometimes there's just luck and chance involved. And the GM said, really cool. Okay, neat. Uh, we're, I'm away for a month, but when we get back, let's talk. And my buddy ended up basically getting brought on to work as a volunteer for two or three months. He helped them prepare for the draft. Uh, after the draft happened, they offered him a full-time position. And that was the beginning of his first of seven years, I believe, roughly with that organization, which he still works for. Um, wow. And so I remember him because he was my roommate as well at the time. I remember him looking at like boarding house options in Ottawa where he'd be living for just a few months and he'd see what would happen. And he was paying, you know, not much to live there because he was literally making no money. Mm -hmm. But that kind of drive and effort was what stood out. And he had some raw talent. There's no question about it. But he was given a chance to kind of put that talent on display and it really paid off. Yeah. And so when you think about this person, what kind of skills or traits stood out for you that would have made him stand out in that scenario? He's a really good, I mean, aside from being a really hard worker, there was no, no question like his work ethic was, was going to show up and help him move forward. I think that he was able to project that he was able to communicate that, look, I'm, I'm someone who's willing to really just, you know, I don't care about money. I want an opportunity. I want to see if I can do this and help you guys. And just, just being able to communicate that message. Mm-hmm. Um, he also was able to communicate having a, a background that was, you know, related. He'd played football and he'd coached a bit, 
but that's not the same thing as scouting talent and looking coast to coast for people and just watching games endlessly and building relationships with players. Like it's a totally different skill set, being a player versus being in talent acquisition in, mm-hmm. in pro sports. Um, so he just was able to draw some lines, I think, between what he had learned as a player to why I would be a good fit for this position. Like I, I have a desire to coach and work with athletes and, and, but I think at the end of the day, it just really was about, Hey, like I'm, I'm your guy that's going to help you out right now. Yeah. I think he had that belief in him. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it sounds a little bit too, like the way that he approached it was perfect for the type of job too. Like he showed that he was comfortable going and talking to somebody Mm -hmm. out of nowhere and you know, it kind of related. That's a good point. Yeah. It does fit really well with the ideal sort of persona of someone who is in scouting and talent acquisition. Um, so that, that is a very important point. And maybe, I mean, if you're, if you're not really well aligned, maybe with your personality or something like that to the role that you want to be in, maybe it's, you need to kind of find ways to test yourself in, in new waters and develop some degree of comfort that allows you to project some of that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I also had another friend in university who, um, became an NHL player agent basically through a networking conversation with an alumnus of, of our football program. And he, so one, one football player talking to another football player from a long time ago. And that one conversation led to, I think something in something like an internship in his company. And to be an NHL player agent is the dream job of many, many young people who love sports and maybe aren't good enough to be athletes. Uh, physically, they're not maybe gifted enough to be, at the highest level of their competition. And so, yeah, he, he just basically parlayed that opportunity into the beginning of a career and he's still working for that same company. He's a full fledged NHL agent himself now, but that started out with him realizing that there was a connection that he could tap into. And he just built on that relationship to the point where, yeah, like I, I can be this guy. You can trust me. That's so cool. Yeah. And that both of those stories go to show you again, just touching on the relationship piece that whether it's somebody that you're and your story as well, somebody that you're cold reaching out to, to Mm -hmm. go and talk to, or whether it's somebody that you're reaching out to in your already current network, that's where these things grow from. I mean, even thinking about you and I on this podcast, Mm -hmm. we weren't podcasters before this. We just had conversations. We kept in touch and we decided to grow something out of that. So yep. It's amazing where things can progress from. Yeah, absolutely. It can really come out of nowhere. And I think the point around just how you don't, you're not putting yourself out there for everyone. You're Mm -hmm. putting yourself out there for the people that you truly believe you're a good fit for that you can really help because it's pretty obvious to spot the people who are just sort of spam selling anything in life Mm -hmm. and those that are trying to address the problem that you have or present themselves as the ideal candidate for you. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And you can usually tell too, when you're having a conversation with someone for the first or second or third time, Mm -hmm. you usually get a pretty good idea of whether or not you mesh with that person or that organization. Totally. Yep. Got to have that emotional intelligence. Yeah. How about you? Any other cool stories from your life and history of awesome adventures? 
So uh, one of the other stories is from my very first job. I was 15 and it was a coffee shop near my house. I had never worked before and I was a very shy, quiet, 15 year old, small person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'll get to why that's important later, but it was a a group interview, which I had never done before. And I had never even been to an interview before. So this was my first experience with any kind of interviewing. And they, I think they were hiring three people and they had something like 30 people come in. And so thinking back now, I don't know how I, as a quiet, shy 15 year old managed to put myself out there in the way that I did, but I did, I showed up, I managed to convince them that I was the right person for the job and they hired me. And the, the reason that it's kind of funny is I only worked there for a couple of months because I actually couldn't see over the counter. So (laughs) something that they probably should have checked before they hired me, but, um, still that experience allowed me, even though it was only two months, it allowed me to get my next job and feel more confident. So even if you just start with something, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what it is, but every time you put, take a step or put yourself out there, it builds your confidence a little bit more. Yeah, totally. You got to find a way to create those small wins that help you build the bigger wins for later. I'm curious to know if you can remember, what do you think made you stand out in that room of 30 people? Honestly, I think I asked questions. Oh, interesting. I think that I, when it came to the the portion of the interview where we were asking questions, I actually had some questions to ask and I don't think the rest of the group did. And uh, I think that that made a difference in this scenario. Totally. Yeah. It sure sounds like it. I mean, uh, I said this on a webinar several weeks ago that the mathematical way of standing out is to do the things that other people are not doing. So if the rest of the room is quiet, you need to speak. You need to do something that, that makes you jump out. At the same time, I, it's almost like if, if everyone is talking and no one is listening, being the person that listens and asks great questions, that can be another form of standing out. But it's all, all about like, how do I do what is not being done by others? Yeah, I love that. Right? Mm-hmm. Simple, simple, maybe too simple, but I honestly believe it works more often than not. Agreed. And it's simple, but it's not always easy. You just have to, Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's a lot of times that we get into our own heads, especially when there's a lot going on, you can say, oh, everyone's standing out. I'm just going to not do anything. Yeah. And you can maybe slip to the side. But if you, in that moment, change your mindset to say, okay, everyone else is talking. What else can I do to stand out? That can be a really good point of reflection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great point. Yeah. So at the end of the day, getting your foot in the door is about taking some chances and doing some things that get you noticed. I also think that it can be about overcoming the imposter syndrome that comes with Mm -hmm. starting out or starting out in a new place. Mm -hmm. I'm someone who's coached football for a long time without having played, which is, so going back to my buddy's story, yeah, like, it's one thing to, to be a player and then you know, you don't have the skills necessarily to be in talent acquisition later on. But in, in a lot of cases, an athletics coach is often a former player. And so to overcome that sort of, it's weird. I almost never really had that imposter syndrome growing up. Maybe that was just naive, naivete on my part. 
but it's about becoming the kind of person who holds down that job. So you can immerse yourself in the kind of environment that the people who are already doing the things that you want to do, do on a regular basis. It's pretty mm -hmm. easy now in the world of the internet. Who do you talk to? What are you listening to? What are you reading? Who are you learning from? Just act like you're already there. It's not to say like, <laughs> it's not totally fake it till you make it, but it's about doing the things that turn you into the person that you want to become. Mm -hmm. And I think too, that also like you need to be really in invested in what it is that you're trying to go for. Mm -hmm. Like your first job or the job that you're transitioning to, you need to be really invested in it and really excited about it. Because if you're not, you're not going to put in the extra work that's needed to get you there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you're not going to present yourself as a very dynamic candidate whatever dynamic means that that's not always a loud boisterous person, but the person who carries energy for the role with them and what they do. Yeah. It has to come from somewhere. If you're just semi interested in this transition or new job, it's not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Cool. Anything else for you that jumps out when it comes to getting your foot in the door? I just hope that we, motivate and inspire people to reconsider kind of mm. what they're telling themselves and how they're thinking about a transition and maybe sit down and brainstorm with some friends and family and just think like how can i make myself stand out what creative ideas do i have and i actually heard a story that just kind of came up around a salesperson and they really really wanted to connect with this company called pie cool and so they were cold calling, but then one day they were like, hmm, this company's called Pi. Maybe we'll send them a pie. And so every month they would send this company a pie, <laughs> like a physical apple pie, oh. which I think is awesome. Totally. And so they ended up getting the, the contract because they were so persistent and creative and interested in working with this company. So, you know, being creative in those kind of ways can be also helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. You're reminding me actually now of a story. So in terms of just how do you stand out and the creativity that goes into it, uh, I read something about a, there's sort of a, a chamber of commerce, local business development website that represents this county somewhere in the U.S. I can't even remember where. I want to say it's maybe in South Carolina. Can't remember the name of the county. Can't remember these details. But what I can remember is this, and this is the power of, of creativity. In this instance, the sort of the go-to, the call to action. If you're a business that's looking to invest in this county, and you want to know more about the towns and you know the bylaws and all that good stuff, the call to action on the page is call Larry. <laughs> it just says call Larry. Like who's Larry? <laughs> You're you're looking you're investigating a town of thousands of people and you're gonna talk to Larry. That's awesome. I don't even yeah, like and that tells you something. I can't remember the details of the rest of the story, but I can remember call Larry and Larry was just the guy who answers the phone whenever people want to make inquiries about doing business in this area and setting up shop. That's but that, so funny. That's the power of it. Yeah. I wonder if his name's even Larry. Uh it is actually. It oh, is. Okay, his cool. real name is Larry, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's authentic too. It's not just like made up and overdone. Very cool. But yeah, how can you market yourself in a way that gets you to, to stand out? And yeah, brainstorm, like you said, there's so many ways that you can just 
put yourself out there in a way that gets you noticed and at the same time demonstrates the kind of effort that you would put into actually doing the job if you got it. Mm-hmm. And we all have a really creative friend or family member. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you pick your most creative and craziest friend or family member and just get them to brainstorm with you. Yeah, it's fun. This whole thing can be a lot of fun if you sort of take that approach and have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'm good on this topic. I don't think uh, we can yeah, leave it at that. Good. It's kind of, dear listener, it's something that hopefully you walk away from this and you say to yourself, oh, maybe I can reimagine this and take a step forward and into a brave new place. So good luck. For the Career Builders Podcast, I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. Hope you're well, dear listener, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now.